This podcast and the following message are brought to you by SmartPixel. Turn your website's anonymous visitors into engaged customers. SmartPixel turns your anonymous website visitors into fully identified first-party consumer data. When this match and identification takes place, SmartPixel can return up to 300 attributes on the consumer. You get name, postal address, email, gender, and date of birth, plus more specific details like home ownership, vehicle ownership, political party affiliation, presence of children in the household, and many more. SmartPixel, real-time information about your website visitors, easy to install, and fully GDPR and CCPA compliant. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash smartpixel. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash S-M-A-R-T-P-I-X-L. And thank you. So it all started last year with uh, COVID and being closed for a short time. During the closure of our dealership, uh, there were still those who had essential needs for vehicles, which we were able to service and help. People needed to either get to medical treatments or to a job that's essential. A firefighter, I had the opportunity of helping over in Tacoma uh, purchase a vehicle so they could get to work. I ended up wanting to give back to the community here in uh, Kitsap County, where I live. What I thought I could do was take a little bit from uh, each car sale that I make and put, put it toward a, a special fund strictly designated uh, for Mike's Rides for Lives. And so I've worked that out with the accounting department here at the dealership where uh, $30 from every sale goes into a special fund that uh, will be released to me in December. And hopefully sometime in December or early January, we can uh, provide someone with a free car. That was Mike Columbus, a true automotive sales professional in Seattle, Washington, talking, as you heard, about his annual car giveaway charity, Mike's Rides for Lives. We first introduced you to Mike and his charity last year in August when Mike was on the live show with one of his donors, John, who, in case you didn't catch that episode or need a memory jog, John had come into contact with Mike while trying to find a Honda Pilot that matched very particular requirements and Mike was able to help John find that pilot but it wasn't through Mike's dealer and that didn't matter at the time not to Mike he still helped John get into that car and it's a really cool story and we've had the fortune of being part of it here on the podcast I hope you appreciate it because this weekend Mike is giving away the first car yes this weekend that's happening Mike is giving away the first car to a very lucky individual And we thought it'd be good to bring it up here on the podcast, a feel-good story, you know, to fight the algorithm's assault on humankind. From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconverse. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. 
All right, and welcome to another episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Always good to be here with you. So part of the reason we played that clip in the beginning of Mike was, like I said, to commemorate his inaugural giveaway that's taking place this weekend. But the other is because Mike represents what those in the industry would call a true automotive retail sales professional, one whose passion for putting people into cars is his profession and one who embraces change and innovation. Mike is a car salesman at a Honda store in the state of Washington, but he helps put people into cars far and beyond his dealer's local market. This is not common, and it's what makes Mike special and good at what he does, but it also leads to my next point. We live in a day and age where we must adapt and change and meet people where they want to be. And wherever that is and whatever that's for, that varies, but it's becoming a fundamental part of being in the car business. Here's Terry Lancaster on the subject in his own words. So long, the car business it was very structured. That all changed last year. All of a sudden, the, uh, the the quarantine struck and the lockdowns came in. And in some places, you physically couldn't even go to a car dealership. And people started working on, on trying to digitize the process. Let's meet the customer where they are. Everyone thinks all of these conversations are either or. It's very rarely either or. It's this and and retailers have to use every tool in the shed. It's not it's not brick or brick and mortar, and it's not click or mortar. It's click and mortar. You you have to. There's some some people are going to buy in the store, and some people are going to buy online, and some people are going to have it delivered, and some people are going to go pick it up, and some people want to look and touch and and and, and feel a lot of them, and some of them couldn't care less. Every every human is an individual and every ex experience is, is inherently subjective. You have to cater to that human being the way they want to be sold and, uh, and make and have an option available for that person. The, the thing to remember is uh, the car dealers competition isn't every other car dealer in town. It is every other single business that your customers buy something from. If they, if they use an iPhone, they're comparing using your vehicles to the ease in which they can use their 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 Apple their Apple devices and how everything connected. So the competition isn't your competition. The competition is everyone else. The consumer experience. Terry Lancaster is the author of the new book How to Sell More Cars, who we featured on the podcast back in October. Now here's a view of the subject from another angle. You know, okay. should dealers be worried about? Uh, getting their lunch eaten by Carvana or the CarMax or the large conglomerates? Absolutely. They're already losing tons of cars that they could be buying to Carvana and CarMax already. And I went, you know, while training a dealer literally yesterday, I was walking them through because everybody thinks Carvana is so easy. And it, you go in and it just shows, type in your license plate number in your state. And then it goes to the second screen and you have to fill out a bunch of information. Next screen, a bunch of information. Most trade tools on most dealership sites are easier than that. And yet it's about perception. <laughs> and those large entities are winning the perception game. They're making it sound easy. They're making it sound simple. The average consumer that buys a vehicle from Carvana still is on average from what I've heard, 21 back and forths with a representative from yeah. Carvana. So it's like they're in BDC. 
So it's not like there's anything that a single dealership is doing for the most part that or that Carvana's doing that the dealership cannot do. All these dealers were bending over backwards during 2020 COVID, not 2021 COVID, but 2020 COVID. People were bending over backwards saying, hey, we'll pick up your vehicles and we will give sight unseen offers and we will ship vehicles wherever you go and yeah. we will sanitize. They do Whatever all this and, oh and the moment the collective subconscious of our country deemed it was over and inventory started getting scarce, we all have a real take it or leave it attitude. We, you know, everybody's like, uh, hey, uh, we got it. You want it? What it's going to be, you know? And that's what it is. And do I feel that dealer, do I feel that consumers pick up on this? Consumers realize that we go with the flow and the moment we have the upper hand again, we'll jam it down their throat. Yes, I think we do that. And I think it's going to cost us in the future. The best dealers are the ones that have realized these new tactics and continued them on. We're not that far away from dealerships not turning into anything more than test drive centers and service outlets. For those that even need test drives, test drive centers and service outlets, we have not proven as organizations, even though we do amazing things for the community that cannot be overlooked. If all dealerships were to go, they can't imagine where our communities would be without our taxes, without our philanthropic efforts. Right. With that said, uh, if we turn into test drive centers and service outlets, which I predict is going to happen maybe within the decade, we haven't done a good enough job proving that the actual transaction needs to take place between the four walls of a dealership. It can take place on a phone. And, and where Carvana, in some cases, are beating dealers is that consumers have always known that they get the most money if they sell private party, and somehow Carvana has tricked them into thinking, well, I sold a private party to Carvana. That was Joe Webb, a consultant in the auto industry, responding to the question, should car dealers be concerned about Carvana? Now, I play this so you can hear the open and honest viewpoint of an industry insider. Joe works with dealers on their customer processes, and so he would know a thing or two about a thing or two. And Joe also endorses one of our sponsors of the podcast, Vehicle Hero. You know, Vehicle Hero is our answer, is the collective dealership answer to a Carvana or a Vroom or a CarMax. Um, giving dealers the ability to connect, uh, you know, to proactively reach out to anyone who lists a vehicle for sale in their marketplace and to put an offer in front of them. So we've built Vehicle Hero to, to, uh, to go out to consumers who have a car for sale and make it really easy for them to connect directly with every dealership that's in their town. You know, the goal is not to pit one dealer against another. I don't think anybody is afraid of some healthy competition, um, but the ultimate goal is to keep those vehicles and those relationships that are attached to those vehicles local, to keep them in the community. Welcome back to the program. We're gonna put a pin in that previous segment about Carvana. Next month on the podcast, we have an episode coming out where you'll hear me talking with a dealer in Illinois about an online used car marketplace being introduced by General Motors. It's called Car Bravo, and many believe it's in response to Carvana's success. Moving on, mobile internet browsing speeds may have sped up significantly 
as mobile carriers have rolled out their 5G service, with, however, some delays at certain airports. In order to make room for that expansion, carriers are shutting down their 3G networks. AT&T plans to discontinue its 3G network in February, T-Mobile in July, and then Verizon by the end of 2022. Commercial 3G networks first started appearing in the early 2000s. They were about 30 times faster than their 2G predecessors. And at this stage, only about 1% of mobile phones and consumers' hands depend on 3G for service. But mobile phones aren't the issue of concern. Automobiles are. Yes, cars. The planned shutdown of outdated 3G networks will affect the connected systems of dozens of vehicle models that hit the market anywhere from 2010 to as recently as 2021. I won't get into specifics here, but if you go up to autoconverse.com, look for the post for the show dated January 26. It's titled Doge Party, Rest in Peace 3G, and GM's Used Car Marketplace. There's a link in there to a website. I believe it's on CNBC, and it'll give you an in-depth kind of a breakdown of the vehicles that are affected. So again, go to autoconverse.com, get that post, get that link on that post, and go see if your car has been affected, or just hit me up and I'll look it up for you because I like to help people out like that. On the subject of car connectivity, Ford and ADT Security are preparing to invest $100 million in a joint venture launching in early 2023 that will protect both cargo and valuables stored in both commercial and private vehicles, first with aftermarket accessories and later with systems integrated into new vehicles. The new JV is called Canopy. It will combine ADT's professional security monitoring and Ford's video camera technology to protect Ford vehicles and eventually those of other automakers. The first Canopy products will be sold to dealerships and major retailers online. Coming up. Uh, in a sense. And then also now Elon is in, you know, getting in that space, which really, if he's worried about you know, the environmental concerns, then he should go and start reducing the emissions from just like he's reducing the emissions of his vehicles, but reduce the emissions on the mining. Um, I already have it if he wants to reach out to me. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into that, how about some headlines? The price of Dogecoin jumped 11% last week after Elon Musk tweeted that some Tesla merchandise could now be purchased with the cryptocurrency. A Q&A section on the EV company's online store further explains the details. Look for the Dogecoin symbol next to the order button for Doge-eligible products. It doesn't name the specific items, but users who want to make a purchase with the meme coin... But users who want to make a purchase with the popular meme coin can do so with their Dogecoin wallet. And it's basically a, do- a digital wallet that accept. That's stupid. I know that. A Tesla owner has tried just about every way there is to mine for cryptocurrencies from his 2018 Model 3. He ran free Bitcoin mining software on his Apple Mac Mini M1 and powered the computer by plugging an inverter into the 12-volt power socket located in the center console of his car. He's also hooked up interconnected graphics processing units, or GPUs, 
to the frunk of his Tesla, quote unquote frunk of his Tesla, running these machines off the car's internal battery. Although it risks voiding his warranty, the owner says it's worth it. And the price of Ether peaked in 2021, claims he was getting as much as $800 a month. Well, how about that? Mining crypto in your car, from your car power. I like that. I like that. GM has said it will launch a personal autonomous car leveraging the technology developed by its subsidiary Cruise by the middle of the decade. GM made this announcement at the CES 2022 press conference. CEO Mary Barra didn't share details around what car or what type of car it will be. GM's Cruise already has a self-driving robo-taxi service in a test phase in California that's classified as public transport. Cruise is also working with GM for the launch of a purpose-built autonomous car called the Origin for ride-sharing, which is under testing phase, which is under a testing phase right now. Bright Drop, the technology company decarbonizing last-mile delivery, announced that it's adding Walmart to its growing roster of customers and expanding its relationship with FedEx. Walmart signed an agreement to reserve 5,000 Bright Drop's EV600 and smaller EV410 electric delivery vans. FedEx has also signed an agreement with Bright Drop, reserving priority production for 2,000 electric delivery vans over the next few years. The agreement adds to FedEx's initial reservation of 500 Bright Drop EVs announced last year. Both moves demonstrate growing momentum for Bright Drop's electric delivery solutions, with two major Fortune 5 companies announcing their intent to adopt Bright Drop's electric delivery vans as part of their 2040 sustainability goals. Ford announced it's launching a new sustainable charging program that allows plug-in electric vehicle owners in California to opt into carbon-neutral charging at home, reducing their carbon footprint from energy used to power their vehicles. Ford is choosing to participate in the California Air Resource Board Low Carbon Fuel Standard to offer customers a new way to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions that contribute to climate change by matching the use of electricity used to charge plug-in electric vehicles at home with 100% local renewable energy. The California Public Utilities Commission is potentially taking a vote on its proposed new metering rules. American electric vehicle and energy company Tesla is launching a dedicated effort to stop the initiative. According to Tesla, California's proposed rules would adversely affect the adoption of sustainable solutions as it would disincentivize homeowners from adopting renewable energy systems like residential solar. Under California's proposed new metering rules, NEM 3.0, homeowners with solar panels would be paying a grid access fee of $8 per kilowatt of installed solar per month. This, according to Tesla, could effectively add about $50 to $80 to customers' electric bills monthly. Hey folks, today's podcast is brought to you in part by Crypto.com. Join millions of users buying and selling over 90 cryptocurrencies at true cost on the world's fastest growing crypto app, Crypto.com. I use it myself. Grow your portfolio by receiving rewards on your crypto assets, plus spend with the Crypto.com Visa card and get up to 8% back. You can help support this podcast by going to autoconverse.com slash crypto, and you'll get $25 in free CRO added to your account when you enter our promo code. That's their cryptocurrency. 
Simply go to www.autoconverse.com forward slash crypto. You'll get our promo code to receive $25 in free CRO when you open a new account using our promo code. Thanks for your support in this podcast and good luck in your cryptocurrency endeavors. First lessons that I learned outside of the, the physical aspects like the self-defense components of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was this idea of leverage. And it's funny because I heard people talk about leverage and, you know, business videos, you know, like Simon Sinek talk about it and Gary Vaynerchuk. And I kind of scratched my head. I was like, I don't know what he means by leverage. And then like I learned an arm bar in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I was like, oh, that's leverage. And I started to find ways to plug it in um, to my professional life. And little by little, I was like, wow, this, this really helps a lot. So not only was I getting that like runner's high, I was getting the mental clarity, I was sleeping better, it was alleviating stress, I was getting to understand this idea of efficiency and strategy. Jiu-Jitsu is all about that. You're, it's dynamic problem solving. It's, it, it's constantly changing. The, the problem that you had 30 seconds ago is no longer a problem. Now you have a new one and you have to adjust and you, you learn how to control those situations and, and handle those situations through technique and through strategy. And I'm going to quote one of my instructors. He said this just the other day and it stuck with me. And I was like, oh, I got to I got to share this on the show. It's not fitness. It'll get you fit. But we're learning efficiency here. So you don't need to go 100 percent. You have to push yourself to the brink every time. There you go, Jeremiah Fox, Jiu-Jitsu, Leverage. Check him out, entrepreneurialwebradio.com. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to text the keyword autoconverse to 855-766-7585. Get yourself subscribed to our YouTube channel so you can tune in to the live shows. And got a new announcement. We will also send you a link when you text that in. To, to make a donation to the podcast with crypto. Yes, you can make a donation in any amount uh, using crypto on any exchange that you want. So again, text the keyword autoconverse to 855-766-7585 and uh, we'll send you that link. And seriously, send us five bucks. Like, it help out more than you might realize. You can be an investor of this podcast for as little as $5. That's an awesome deal. All right, if you're a Doge holder, to the moon. we got to get back over this 20 cent mark. On our next episode, we will have a blockchain developer coming on. I'm going to be talking about Doge Party and Space Dogs. And oh yeah, remember that soundbite earlier of a woman with her suggestion to Elon Musk about crypto mining? Well, that was Brandy Koloski from the startup Plenzi, which is one of the auto industry's first companies offering auto lending on blockchain. Here's the full clip of her telling us she got into crypto. And I will leave you with that. Until next time. And how I got into blockchain and this whole world is when I was with Formula One Electric Racing, launching that electric race cars, an investor, uh, a friend of mine that went in, I contacted him years later. I had a client who was looking for low-cost energy to power their crypto mining pods to pop, to you know, to mine crypto. And so I'm a big research nerd, and 
So I started doing research and I realized that there's flare on oil fields. Funny enough, it drives vehicles, the, the, the petroleum. But the flare on oil fields, they, they blow this um, uh, fire that's all these different types of gases that's top three emission in the world, right? And I was, I was able to think of the idea to bypass it to power these crypto mining pods. So reducing emissions in the world, powering the crypto to mine, and then it, that's, you know, that's how it went. And it, it helped with energy costs and also helped the planet. So then fast forward, that same investor of Formula E invested in that company that I helped uh, create. And then, and then all of a sudden now I'm involved with this, which is putting vehicles on the road with crypto uh, in a sense. And then also now Elon is in, you know, getting in that space, which really, if he's worried about, you know, the environmental concerns, then he should go and start reducing the emissions from just like he's reducing the emissions of his vehicles, but reduce the emissions on the mining.